Hey there, I'm Demi Harvey, and you are watching an Indie 1023 live session, and I am here with the wonderful Mia Folick. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to, uh, we've well, met before. Yeah, I literally <laughs> was going to say that. That was coming up later, That and I literally just jumped the gun. It's fine. We have met each other before in Boulder last year, uh -huh. and it was a fun little stint. You performed some um, unreleased songs at that point, and I, okay, Loki, we're going to jump into the fashion thing too. My little brain is just like duh, 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 all over the place right now. But the one thing I really remember about you were you were wearing these sick shades that were almost like um, scientist shades. And I was like, wait, this is Mia. I need to go and talk to her. I mean, I can put them on for you right now. They're in my backpack. No way. I, I have them with me all the time. I'm what? obsessed with them. Are they like UV blocking? Uh, yes, they're Tifosi Veloces. <laughs> I got them at REI. No, um, they're they're uh, cycling sunglasses, and I love them because I used to not wear sunglasses very much because sunglasses that are dark make me depressed. Like I'm very light sensitive, Same. so when it feels dark, I feel dark. Yeah, um, or I'm like, what or time I get is sleepy. it? Yes, yeah. yes. So. I can't wear like Ray-Bans make me feel really crazy. Even like colored, like rose colored lenses, I can't handle it. So I found these Tifosis and they're basically clear, but they have yeah. full like 100% UV protection. And my optometrist told me that I had some sun damage on my eyes, which is why I had to find sunglasses that worked for me. What? I think it's pretty common. You might as well. How do you, not me going to my optometrist and being like, what's going on with these eyes? Someone told me that I might have sun damage. That would just be insane. I'm, I mean, I feel like unless you're wearing sunglasses, you probably have some sun damage. Um, I don't know. I'm not an, I'm not an ophthalmologist. <laughs> not an expert, but you may. I'm anyway, like, I'm like obsessed with these sunglasses. I love them. I... Um, and and I don't and I don't care who buys them. I think everyone should have them. So I feel like people have people love these sunglasses, and I've had several friends be like, "Is it okay if I also buy these sunglasses?" Yes. And I'm like, "Everyone should have them." Trendsetter. They're amazing. Honestly, I love that they're clear. That's the yeah. one thing that I yes, the light sensitivity sensitivity thing is absolutely spot on. It's like it's. Almost imperceptible. I think they they transition a little bit. So when there's high light, then they do get a little bit darker. Mm -hmm. But I mean, sometimes I even wear them at night. Like I've, I wear them to shows, like in dark spaces, and I can still see what? and I feel protected. And they cling cling to my head, so I can wear them when I'm running. I, I'm obsessed with them. They're multifaceted. Yeah. They can do anything. They can do anything. That is really sick. See, I knew I was onto something when I was like, I'm obsessed with these glasses. Yeah, I mean, I could probably what talk about happening? these glasses forever. Like, <laughs> I, right before we left for a tour, we were on tour with Dermot Kennedy in Europe before this. And right before we left for tour, I realized that I couldn't find them. And so... Small panic I attack. panicked. <laughs> yes. And then I immediately order them to have them delivered to us in Sweden <laughs> and I picked them up 
at the hotel in Sweden. They like got shipped to our hotel in Sweden and I picked them up because I knew, I mean, I was going to be out on the road for two months. I was like, I need to have my sunglasses or I don't know what I'm going to do. But of course, then it was winter dreary rain everywhere we went so i I didn't get to wear them very much but i mean i'll need them for my life anyway yeah i love that these have just become like an integral part of like i need these on a daily it's amazing yeah we were actually just joking about fashion right before this and i was going to ask you a little bit about fashion besides the glasses obviously because you have a very distinct cool like not like i wouldn't say it's not I think personal style is such an interesting thing to land on when it comes to people, but your style is just so, it's a little bit of casual, a little bit of 90s, and a little bit of grunge. And Mm. I wonder if that is intentional or if it's just you gravitate towards certain things. Yeah, I think it's, I'm a, almost everything I do is just instinctual. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I think it's interesting. I think that if I didn't, if I wasn't a musician, it would be all vibes, just like what yeah. I feel like wearing. Yes. But because as a musician, you're constantly having to communicate with other people about what you'd like to look like mm-hmm. if you're ever working with a stylist or you're like, or even, you know, working with a photographer mm-hmm. or a makeup artist, you learn how to communicate what started out as instinctual Mm -hmm. then you have to learn how to make it um like thoughtful and and like condense it into a a description that you can communicate to somebody else which I think sometimes is difficult so yeah I, I think I've been through different phases in terms of what I feel like wearing um do you think it evolves with like your musicality at that time as well or probably I think um I haven't thought about that I think um also I wear a lot of vintage Mm -hmm. and I like to wear pre-worn clothes so I think that the that also informs what I wear because you know what I wear is also informed by what is stocked at the the local vintage stores in LA. Yeah. So like I'll find a shirt and be like, this is amazing. I found it. But actually the person who owns the store found it. And then, and you know, and then I found it from them. Yes. And so it's just like these multiple layers of different people's tastes that inform my taste. And so who knows where it comes from, yeah. but, but I'm, I'm into it. I, I follow a lot of like photographers and models and and people who um, like work in magazines, and I don't think I could name a single one of them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm not I I'm pretty liberal with my follows. So if I see somebody cool, I'm just like follow, yeah. follow, 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 follow. Yeah, I, I like that. I like, that. I like that. Socials should be like, who cares? like- <laughs> we're all just here for a good time and I'm just looking I'm just perusing you know yeah I'm yeah. just catching the vibe and that's how it yeah should be. yeah so I'm I would not say that I'm super knowledgeable about fashion I think it's really cool when I meet people who are mm-hmm. and one of the things that's been kind of fun is there's 
like vintage sellers on the internet that when I'm on tour, I'm able to like meet in person. Yeah. There's one particular person in Berlin who I've met up with twice because he has a, he has an, like an IG vintage shop called Mm -hmm. cop me if you can. And I DM'd him and was just like, can I come look at your stuff? I don't know if you have a showroom. Um, so the last two times I've been in Berlin, I've just met up with him and looked at his stuff and bought a couple things. And he's like super, um, knowledgeable and can tell you like exactly what year and what line it was from. And, you know, he's, he's really like an archivist in in a certain way. And I'm not at all that, but, um, it's still cool. It's it's cool. It's cool to meet people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause especially it's like, I just love finding little pieces that you're just gravitating towards and you're like, that feels like me. And then just learning about the history of it. So I just think that that's so cool. And I've identified that a little bit with you. And so I was like, her style, it's on, it's on. Because yeah, just gravitating towards it and feeling that personality and understanding the story of where it maybe came from is just like so cool in fashion. And I don't know, from you with the glasses (laughs) and from all of the evolving styles that you've had over the years that I've seen, it's just been so cool to like watch you kind of grow into that. And as well as your musicality, which we are about to get into because you are going to be performing a few songs for us Mm -hmm. stripped down here in the Indie Lounge off of your upcoming album, Roach, which is coming out in May. And yeah, I kind of want to talk about those because they're very heartfelt. They're very passionate, I would say. I've heard you sing them stripped down only. I've obviously listened to the EP Mommy that's been out for what, a month or so now? 2007. 2000. But yes, 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 yes. 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 Mommy is one of the Mommy singles. Mommy is yeah, one of the yeah, singles. Yeah. But 2007 is the EP. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just. It's a lot of realizations of being in kind of a toxic situation Mm -hmm. and learning some really hard truths about yourself as well. And so (laughs) I know we're going to get into it. You already look like you're gearing up for it. I know you've been talking to girls on the only 19 and I can't compete with her I've been trying to change the way I look so you like what you see I've been losing weight so I could wear these dolls kill jeans why did I do that why did I do that change I'm just setting in pain said I would never be desperate look at me why did I do that why did I do that now I'm wearing black cause you like me like that said I would never be desperate look at me there's nothing to see My mom was relieved 
she heard I was through with you But my heart still stops when I see a green Subaru You told me that you love me But you mispronounced my name I never corrected you Cause I didn't wanna push you I want to break down these three songs that you have sung for us or are going to be singing for us. And we're going to start off with uh, Nothing to See. So with Nothing to See, <laughs> I remember hearing the song for the first time and just hearing how heartbreaking it is because it feels like, to me at least, that this song is very much beating yourself up, I guess. And I want to learn a little bit about the songwriting process for that because being able to put that out to so many different audiences just seems really vulnerable and seeing them in front of live audiences now, like how did it feel to write a song like this and know that I'm going to be performing this in front of people and having to experience these feelings over and over and over again? Okay. Um, <laughs> the process of writing that song is one of my favorite stories um, I mean, it was just, it was written in a, in a writing session, mm -hmm. um, with Patrick Morrissey and Nick Long. And, um, initially we were supposed to write in a studio in Santa Monica 
which if you are familiar with LA is very far away from where I live, which is on the east side. And we all live on the east side. And so I texted everyone that morning and was just like, does anyone want to drive to Santa Monica? No. <laughs> We're making the like, trek. Let's just, let's just meet up somewhere on the east side. Does anybody have a studio available? And Pat, Pat had just moved, so the studio wasn't available. And I don't really love having sessions at my place. Um, but Nick had like a, a garage that we could use. And it wasn't really a studio. It was just like he had his workbench um, and his motorcycle. <laughs> and, and we were just like in his garage with his, <laughs> with his like fishing rods. And Nick is like one of the rare songwriters in L.A. who, um, you know, fishes and rides a motorcycle <laughs> he very much takes but, advantage of the yeah, la yeah the la-ness um <laughs> and yeah we wrote we wrote it. it it happened pretty easily and then we recorded the demo with just like um an an sm7 rested on a wrench on his workbench with us just like trying to play guitar in front of it um and but we just loved the song. And um, actually, the final version has a lot of that demo on it. So almost all of the guitars and lead vocals were recorded in that garage on that day. Wow. That we wrote it. All in one day? Uh-huh. Wow. Um, and then we ended up adding some, like, we added live drums and bass um, when when we brought on Andrew Sarlo to produce it. Mm. But a lot of like the core components of that song are from that demo recorded with a microphone resting on a wrench in a garage. <laughs> but um, the song itself, like the content of the song, it's really about a, a relationship that I haven't been in for many, many years. And even when we wrote it, I hadn't been in that relationship for many years. And it was it was interesting. It kind of surprised me that we ended up writing about that relationship because it was so distant at the time. Um, but the way that I write is very intuitive. That seems to be the theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just kind of came out this like I I often will just like sing lyrics randomly until I come up upon a lyric that feels special in some way mm -hmm. um and it honestly is always revealed to me what the song is about mm -hmm. like I'm working on it and then it is revealed to me what the song is about mm -hmm. and then once it's revealed to me then I'm like a little puzzle maker trying yes. to piece together the rest of the puzzles to make it make sense but the theme is usually like revealed to me i'm not i'm not imposing the theme on the song it mm. is is there and it it says here i am <laughs> and then i am I'm the person who just has to like figure out how to finish it yeah um Yeah, and I think that the details of the verse are just plucked from my life. They're just, like, true 
from that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that while the chorus is definitely expressing some regret, <laughs> <laughs> it's there's also like humor and joy in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did I do that? I deserve better. Yeah. Uh, for myself and for this other person. Um, we did a bad job at being in a relationship. I, I think that that's kind of what it's about. But I think also like no sad song is ever just sad to me because Because almost always I'm writing music from a place of of like joy and pleasure because I like to make music. So mm-hmm. there's pleasure in that feeling of being honest about uh, how small I made myself to fit into that relationship. Like there's a strange pleasure in being able to say, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's kind of nice because it's like not only just listening to all these songs honestly I kind of feel that like feel that joy but also it's kind of delightful it probably wasn't at the time where it's like oh this was really terrible and I'm not having a good time and I'm hurting and this person's hurting whatever but once you get past that and you're able to have that realization I think that that is kind of joyful because it's just kind of like where did I look how far I've come like Mm -hmm. look at where I am right now and so yeah I think about that for a lot of the songs that I've heard on the EP so far which are going to make it to Brooch correct yeah and the other thing about that is that it's it's really that the same feeling that you get when you commiserate with a friend. Like mm. that's kind of the vibe of nothing to see is yeah. like here's all the here's all the chaos that happened in this relationship. Like why did I do that? And then your friend can be like me too. <laughs> yes. I did this and I did that and I made myself small and th- and why did I do that? And it's it's really this like it's almost just like my side of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why it feels joyful. It's really that like this, um, it's almost like I'll share my part, my side, and then you can share your side, but the yeah. other, you know. You're like bouncing stories yeah. off of yeah. each other. Wake up, hand upon my forehead. Can't believe this is the way I live. Fake friends and kids. 
invitations, turn them down Or I should turn those down This time I will take it slowly Saying no to everything I don't need Turn it down Turn it down I don't wanna call First thing in the morning Desperate for help to feel normal Over and over and over again I keep doing bad, 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 bad I did a bad thing It's funny. So you said that a theme doesn't necessarily like all come together. It's just kind of, you know, whatever is happening in the moment, whatever song titles, whatever lyrics are resonating for you at that moment. So with Bad Thing, how does that kind of tell the story of like where we're at in, in going along with nothing to see? So Bad Thing is more introspective, I think. I mean, Nothing to see is also introspective Mm -hmm. because nothing to see is about a relationship, but it really is about me and my choices. Um, But bad thing is really about a a really bad hangover, (laughs) like really, really bad. Um, And just like coming to terms with my relationship with substances and wanting to change it, figuring out how, um, and just being caught in this cycle. And the bad thing is written not from the first time you have that realization. Mm -hmm. It's written from like the thousandth time you've had that realization. Mm -hmm. It's not like, Oh, I think I might have a problem with this. (laughs) It's like, I've had a problem with this Mm -hmm. for a long time and I keep telling myself I'll stop and I am not stopping. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's very clear lyrically. I literally say over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I keep doing bad, 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 bad. I like the repetition. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, 
hammering it. Yeah, into the it's head. like <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mia, wake up. Yeah. You know, and and I think that yeah, that that's what that one is about. Mm-hmm. It was like written. I was literally hungover as I was writing it, just yeah. being like, "Here's." Here is the state of affairs, folks. <laughs> you know? This is where Mia is at there as she this. wakes up this morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's felt. That is very felt. Get up. 
Then get out of my house. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I I don't even know where to start with this one because this one for me is very powerful. It's a lot of like, it feels so physical to me. It's just so visceral, and well, I feel like all of your songs are very much like this. But this one just feels like. A command, like this, is you actually speaking up for yourself? You saying like how you really feel outwards, whereas these other ones are very introspective. So this one feels more conversational. What do you want people who hear this song to like come away with? Yeah, I think that that like, well, first of all, I think just energetically the goal was to give people that head rush. Yeah. Just like wanting to run around in circles. I, um, we were really going for like a frenetic energy, Mm -hmm. but that was always kind of like had a little bit of a lid on it. So it feels like it's, it's not like blasting off into outer space. The song is actually not that loud. Right. And that's a lot of what we were talking about in the production of this song is mm-hmm. like okay we don't want it to be loud mm-hmm. like my song freak out from my first record i think like that song is like big energy and loud mm-hmm. and this i wanted it to be a little bit more like tension like yes. just below the surface um because i think for me that is actually what makes me like feel crazy energy mm-hmm. is a tiny bit of holding back yeah um it's subtle but it's yeah at the same time (laughs) but yeah i think like these three songs grouped together are interesting because get out of my house when i wrote it was actually about the same relationship that nothing to see is about Mm. um but as i as i was working on the song because production of that song actually took a really long time to get it right Mm -hmm it kind of shifted into being about the same thing that bad thing is about, which is like all like my toxic behaviors, addictions, get those out of the house. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's interesting. Like there are people who listen to the song and they're like, yeah, F your ex or whatever. <laughs> um, I'm not last sure if I'm allowed to curse. Eh, I'm assuming good. that this I can't. This is going on YouTube. Okay. It's um, fine. <laughs> And then there are some people who are like, oh, this song's about toxicity mm. in just in general, in like general. from within or exterior. But, um, it's just about like, get that toxicity out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think both of those things apply and make sense. Mm-hmm. And they're both things that I was thinking about when I was working on the song. Mm-hmm. So even though it is super conversational and yes, more conversational than the other music, it's definitely like still could be considered like a conversation with yourself. Yeah. But there's also so much joy in it. Like that guitar riff is super joyful and fun. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and I wanted it to feel that way. Yeah. Um, that's Greg Allman on guitar. The whole the album way. is He's that amazing. way. This is not a doom and gloom album, if that's what we're trying to get at for this. Yeah. Like, all of it is very, I think, high energy. It does make you want to get up and dance and scream and shout, which I love, mm-hmm. um, while also having these themes that are pretty hard for people to realize um, themselves, but also probably was processing-wise for you as well. So... Yeah, I love it. It feels like we've come full circle on on all of those songs, honestly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad it feels that way because that's, yeah, that was the intention. I wanted it to feel, I wanted there to be joy in the record for it to feel fun and playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Roach, which is coming out in May, like mm-hmm. I said before, last last question. Let's talk about this title. <laughs> Why Roach? <laughs> Why not? Why not Roach? Um, so, I, like, yeah, this has been the working title for the record for years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What, in, like, what just drew you to that? Um, there's, I think, I was just thinking about roaches. I don't know. <laughs> there's... So flying roaches, <laughs> tetherball references a roach, and then oh, so does there's man. a there's a song on the album called Cockroach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember which came first. <laughs> I think I wrote tetherball first, but I think that those songs are kind of represent like the two sides of the cockroach to me like in tetherball the lyric is um sitting in your car curled up like a roach in the dark and that one is more like about this like feeling like a cockroach meaning feeling like the scum of the earth Mm -hmm. (laughs) feeling like a horrible disgusting like monster that everyone despises shout out to cockroaches (laughs) (laughs) and then just feeling like the worst person and then the other song cockroach um is the lyric is um crush me under the weight bitterness jealousy hate because i'm a fucking cockroach and you can't kill me so Mm -hmm. that one is like the cockroach is um is like perseveres the cockroach is resilient the cockroach survives every plague like the the cockroach lives on (laughs) and weathers the storm (laughs) so i think that that was like those are the two sides that Mm. interested me and um yeah, so I just felt like that made sense that I think that's what the album is portraying is like me f- doing things that 
made me feel like I was a bad person mm -hmm. and but also realizing that I'm very strong and resilient and um able to change my life yeah and yeah and then I just thought that roach sounded better than cockroaches <laughs> we just cut the cock just roach <laughs> just roach it just I just thought like it's gonna look so cool in like bold letters yes <laughs> yeah so it literally screams roach yeah just screaming yeah. roach I love it well we're coming to the end I loved this. This and is so fun. We'll get to hear some of the songs off of Roach right after this, which I'm really excited to share with you. I'm glad that we've done them stripped down. I feel like that's so unique and mm -hmm. such an interesting way to like digest these songs as well. And so, yeah, you'll be able to hear Roach on May 24th, I believe. 26th. 26th. I'm so close. I'm so close. May 26th. You can stream it everywhere. You'll be able to hear those singles on Indie 1023, of course. And thank you so much, Mia, for joining me. Thank you. This yeah. is super fun. Yeah. And for more Indie 1023 sessions, go ahead and check out the website, indie1023.org, or you can find these on YouTube. See ya.